the Intelligent Ones Football Show. Welcome in, everybody, to the eighth episode of the Intelligent Ones Football Show. I'm your co-host, Dante DiMartini, and joining me as always, the miraculous, the miracle worker himself, Mario Maki. What's going on, Mar? You know, I prefer Mother Teresa, but I'll take that. Wow, that's a that's a callback right uh, there. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Yeah. By the way, I just want to apologize if my voice is uh if my voice is a little hoarse through this episode. Um, it's because Tottenham scored a goal in the last kick of the game in their Champions League match, and I was just on the four ninety five heading home to Brooklyn screaming scream i was literally like if somebody saw me in my car i would have been they would have been concerned um i immediately scored it harry kane and it would have sent them to the next round of the champions league the knockout round they would have won their group i immediately called christian mata and was trying to revel with him let him know that it was happening and as i'm telling him I just had a sneaking suspicion that something was going to happen and they weren't going to count it and they didn't count it. So they ended up tying and now they still have to play one more game. So my voice might be a little hoarse for that. I apologize. Is it winning it in for them? Uh, No, next week. So they play Marseille in France next week. And if they tie or win, they move on. If they lose, I think they need a little help. I know my man city already made it through. Yeah. Uh, that Without and, a doubt. Yeah. They won three, their first three matches in groups, I think, and then tied one. Um, and I yep. know Barcelona got knocked out. They did baby. They'll be, uh, they'll be joining Arsenal in the Europa league. So that'll be fun. Um, but you know, for American football, Niners got smoked, which I personally felt like was going to happen. Uh, the fashion, how they lost, you know, I go between, I like Shanahan. I, I, I don't like Shanahan. I'm just at the end of the rope. I think like how many more years of this, how many more chances does the guy need? If one more person tells me that he's a genius, I'm going to, I'm just going to not say anything and go about my day, but you know what? it's going to bug he's me. An, I think he's an offensive genius. But I don't think That's he's a good is. head coach. That's I mean, you, and you see it all the time, right? I mean, you know, granted, let's say his defenses have been good. And let's also point out that the defense got torched. They don't, you know, they were missing a lot of pieces. They're missing their pretty much their entire defensive, like inside defensive line. They're on their third cornerback. Their starting quarterback, cornerback who they signed in the offseason got hurt. And you can tell he just wasn't the same. But and the quarterback is obviously lacking. Um, I'm a little, I, I don't know if you want to call me biased. Cause I just, I hate the guy. I don't like Jimmy G. I wish we had another quarterback than him. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see where we get to the end of the year. Cause I'm kind of at, I'm at wit's end with it. And I know the Niners have had it really good. I know they have a great coach, but you know, when it comes to like, it's just crazy watching teams like the chiefs can do this. Like immediately they just get into this two minute offense and they just like, no huddle, go, 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 no huddle, go, go, go. And like the week before the Niners were like, it took them like they needed to score. What was it twice at the end of the game? And it took like six, seven minutes for them to go down the field and like create a drive in the fourth court. Like, do you guys not realize you have to score twice? Like they might, they didn't even go no huddle. 
Like, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand. And it's that sort of stuff that points to me that like I put on the head coach, like all the penalties, how many penalties can you possibly have that just distorts a drive breaks off the rhythm? Like that's on the coach. I don't care how, how much you can scheme a guy open. It doesn't matter if you can scheme a guy open. If all the quarterback can do is, is throw slants, shout out G Ragu. Like the guy can't throw an out route to save his life. He threw one out route to the left pylon. It almost got intercepted. It was only because the guy didn't catch it. Like the the defender didn't catch it. He will not. He can't do it. I I just, I can't stand him. I'm done. Shanahan, you got like till the end of this year. We'll see where we're at. But um, I'm just not a great head coach. (sighs) It's that simple. He's not a great head coach. He's a great offensive coordinator. He's Dan Quinn. But on the offensive side, yeah, and you know, you see a lot of the guys, but you know, it, it, he's also been blessed. You know, he had Sala for his first couple of years in the league, and Sala's been a great defensive coordinator. Um, he had who was it, Raheem Morris, I believe, was the other defensive coordinator who had then moved on. Um, he's had good defensive coordinators and he's had and- good defenses with him, and you constantly, you constantly see that flipped, right? You constantly see the defensive coordinator become the head coach, and then it's like, okay, yeah, like Vic Fangio head coach in Denver defensive guy, but the offense lacked, like you couldn't like it lacked any punch, you know, it's, and it's, it's kind of the opposite in this sense, but you know, I think it'll even out. I think they will be fine. I, the deep, the, the vision is wide open. You know, the Seahawks are at the top of the division right now with like what, I think they're a game over 500. So it's and not you guys the, have the tiebreaker. So yeah, it's not, it's not the end of the world. You know, they, they play the Rams this week. They've had a good record against the Rams. I believe in the regular season, um, so I, you know, they can definitely bounce back on track, but it is definitely frustrating. They added somebody new too, right? I don't think we've talked about that. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. You know, I think it's going to end pretty well. Also, can I just say how frustrating it was? They, 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 they're inside what the five yard line. And like, I don't even care if the guy doesn't know any plays, just give them the ball. I think they threw it three straight times or maybe they ran the first one and then threw it the next two before Jimmy G threw a dumb interception. Like that's what's going to happen when you put the ball in Jimmy's hands. That's why you can't put the ball in his hands. I think the, I think at the top of my head, the only thing I can think of is like the, the new Orleans game a couple years ago when Kittle broke like six tackles to like really save the game for him. Like you just, you can't put it in Jimmy's hands and why, why they just didn't give it to anybody including the guy you just traded for the ball, like just run a backyard football play, man. Just be like, here, take it and go. Just run forward, do something. He run, can do run that. Run the same play that you gave it to him twice. I watched those two, his two first runs were nine and 11 yards. Like, like the dude is so good. He evades everything. He's, he's on that Cooper cup Debo Samuel level. Yeah. And and then you see that the, the chiefs, are scheming up McColl Hardman, who I know he's super fast, but he's not a great player by any means. And they're just scheming the shit out of Shanahan. And they're literally, or D'Amico Ryans, I guess, in that case, he's got three touchdowns. One's a quick shovel pass. The other two are rushing on both sides. He literally did the exact same thing twice, just on the opposite ends on the yeah, left what? and right side of the field. It was and the, it was two it, touchdowns. Was it, it was the jet sweeps, I think. It was literally two jet sweeps where they literally... Sprint him across the field, catch it, go around in the touchdown. And he got three touchdowns that game. Yeah. I mean, look, so. like it look, the, the the Chiefs are a great team. You know, I think a lot of people have um who would it be? It would be the Bills and the Chiefs, I think, in the in the championship game um for the AFC. 
I think a lot of people, if not everybody has it that way. So, you know, it was going to be a tough game no matter what, but you're at home. Um, you got to do something. I mean, your defense, what, how, how much did they give up? 40 plus points. Like that's, yeah, that's two, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think a big part of the chiefs is they are, they're stellar, right? Their offense is insane. Their defense is bad. And the Niners didn't exploit that. Not at all. Infuriating. Yeah, well, you can't and... exploit it when you have Jimmy G. You can't, the only thing you know, he can exactly. exploit is a, is a porn star on fucking his first date. Come on. <laughs> Anyway, and yeah, no, you'll see. I think you'll see the Niners turn around. I think once CMC gets more involved, <clears throat> and I think people will start to like Shanny again because he's a great offensive mind. I just is clock management, like you said, the penalties. There's a few issues he has as a head coach, and it's been long enough now that they shouldn't be issues. You know, I said the same thing with McCarthy last year with the Cowboys. We led the league in penalties. I'm like, this guy is a great coach, right? He doesn't do anything great though. And he's terrible at penalize. Like he gets so many penalties. I mean, McCarthy's not a great coach. I have. I mean, you know, from the from day one, I think I've made it very apparent that he should have never been the Cowboys head coach. Um, oh, and I was right next to you, hundred percent. And you know, like I, I, I like Shanahan. I do. Don't get me wrong. But, but, how long are we going to go through this? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you just, it's going to get to the point where my, the other big worry is like in the playoffs, this is what's going to happen. You feel like you just feel like he's going to play a better team on the defensive end. And it's gonna, it's going to bring the Niners short. Like, I think, I think there's not many great offenses on the NFC side. I don't, I really don't think there's any that are like really scary. I think probably the top offense for the NFC Maybe you go with the Bucks if they can pull it together, but right now they're in shambles. They're awful right now. Yeah, so I I don't even know who the top offense would be. I guess I guess currently it's well look if, the Seahawks. If look if you have if you have, um, Kyle Shanahan calling the plays your offense. You have Kyle Shanahan calling your offensive plays for your team. You are going to feel confident in what you can do, but the ultimate kryptonite to that is when you have Jimmy Garoppolo as the starting quarterback for that offense, you lose every semblance of optimism and positivity. There is not a single, I, 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 I would, I would be, I would be hard pressed to believe that anybody would think the Niners can pull out a like clutch last minute drive from like their own 30 to score a touchdown, give them three minutes on the clock. And I, I would be hard pressed to believe that many people would think Jimmy G would be able to do that. No, I don't. I don't think he can. I think I think you've seen enough that when the pressure is on, he doesn't step up. He throws the bad pick. He makes the bad throw and he just can't hit guys downfield. So that's killer. I mean, that's all that is. I mean, you've seen it with the Chiefs every single week that they've been down. They've been down 10 plus 18 times since 2017, I think, when Patrick Mahomes was the starter. <clears throat> They are 10 and 8 being down 10 plus at any point in the game. The next best team is Philadelphia and they're 8 and 18. Like it doesn't happen that you have a winning record, but with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and and Andy Reid, they do. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous stat I've ever heard, I think. But you know what? It doesn't it, it, none of that matters because Shanahan can scheme people open, you know, cuz he's just a genius. Anyway, let's jump into the matchup recaps. Let's do this thing. 
we we got something else to talk about first, Mark. Oh, what are we gonna talk about, D? Not only did I lose Javante Williams in week four, but I lost my champion. I just want to take a moment to honor the great man himself who was going to carry me to my first championship in North Beach, but he went down with a torn ACL, Brees Hall. Rest easy, Brees. I'm tearing up, Mar. I just what could have been. It is. It it's it's the most sad I've ever been about an injury in fantasy football ever, because I drafted him in our dynasty league. I drafted him in the Megalobowl league. I'm in. I drafted him in our North Beach league. There was only one league I didn't get him in, and that's because I took Travis Etienne around later, and it just it hurts so bad because I believed in this guy so much. And I knew even with Michael Carter there, his talent was going to win out. And it did. And he is so good. And we're not going to get to see it. He would have won rookie of the year, hands down. I don't think anyone was going to come close by the end of the year. I think Brees Hall was going to be a top five running back. He He was number six when he went down. And it just, it hurts so bad to lose Brees. And, you know, you've been, like you said, you've been his champion all year, the entire time. I mean, and he's been putting up great numbers the past couple weeks. He played a quarter. He put up 13. Yeah. And, you know, a touchdown in four straight games. Um, Yeah. Tough. 50 yards plus. I mean, he's so good. Tough loss. Uh, You drafted him. When did you draft him? Third round? round. Fourth round. Fourth round. That's that's brutal. That's brutal. I, I definitely, while the music was playing, I definitely hit one of the, you know, the Sammy Sosa chest mouth, chest mouth, like kiss up in the air sort of thing. So you have my condolences. You know what, Breeze? Just get back healthy. I still have you in Dynasty. Take your time. Get that knee back. I I can't thank you for everything that you would have been and everything you did. Even going down in the game, you still got me enough points to beat Michael Dong. And with that, we'll jump up into the matchup recap. Uh, I took on Mike Dong this week. It was, I think, the highest scoring matchup of the year so far. I put up 155 with Lamar only putting up 10 or 16. And Michael Dong put up 148. And he had a very very significant chance to win it at the, like, on the Monday night game. Very significant chance. And it just, it didn't work out. I don't know if you were, he texted me on the side. I could not believe what happened to give him that chance. I think I was up by 48 points. And not only did Austin Eckler catch like a 20 yard touchdown pass in garbage time when the Chargers were getting blown out by Seattle, Kenneth Walker breaks off a 70 yard touchdown run at the exact same moment. Wow. And Mike Dong literally scored 21 points in a span of five minutes it was in in real time like i was just like nope he texted me gg 
I didn't get enough out of my RBs, I think. And they ended up and with 36 at and that 29. moment. <laughs> at that moment, they both scored 10 plus points instantly. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. And then they kept scoring. I mean, he kept dumping it off to Eckler. And all of a sudden, he has a chance. He's only down, I think, 20. He needed 20 from Tua on Monday night. I just, I was terrified. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I look, I'm going to say this with a grain of salt because Mike put up 148 points, but I think you are, I think we're kind of starting to see some cracks develop in his team. Um, and only in terms of wide receiver, that is the only thing I'm looking at. I mean, Tyler Lockett has a damn good year all year. He's had two down weeks in a row. Michael Pittman has had a, He's had a more good than bad year, but I think this is definitely the lower end of the table of what you can get from him. Um, gonna be gonna be interesting to see what we get from um, Ailinger as the starting quarterback going forward. Also, how being Matt Ryan and your coach comes out and just says, "Yeah, this guy is gonna be the quarterback going forward." Yeah, I mean, you know, not that he's hurt. This is just the guy going forward. Um, and 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 Matt Ryan got moved to third. Yeah. So they said uh, Nick Foles is the backup now. So <laughs> yeah. So the the wide receivers on Mike's team. I mean, Brandon cooks had a very mediocre game and, but that's, it, it's wild that I'm thinking that and he put up 148 points, but you know, uh, he does. I mean, he's got Keenan Allen, but he's been, I mean, he hasn't done anything this year because he's been hurt other than that. I mean, he does no other wide receivers. Um, he put up 148, but that was solely because what, what's that? Uh, 90 of his points came from his, backup tight end that he picked up off waiver of wire and had two garbage time touchdowns yeah and then kenneth walker and eckler both got those two late touch or a late touchdown each so he put up 90 something points from his uh tight end and running backs everyone else was mediocre but yeah. i did the same thing on my end you know Brees hall went down but he gave me 13 before going down and i yeah i had 10 from lamar jackson and still put up 155 so. yeah that that's the scary part i think i don't think you could have hit more and you, I mean, you could have played Trevor Lawrence and put up 163 points. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I even Chubb, uh, was it Chubba Hubbard? I mean, you could have played him over, over Lazard and ended up with even more. So both Lazard and Mike Williams and Brees Hall all got hurt in their game. So I can't imagine. I probably could have hit 180, if not higher, because Brees Hall got hurt early. Uh, Lazard and Mike Williams both got hurt in the fourth quarter. But they they needed both of them because they were both down. Yeah. So I can only imagine what I could have put up, which gives me hope for my team for the future. But without Brees Hall, it's scary. Yeah, it's but really scary. You're also going to have to deal with some injuries. You know, Mike Williams got hurt, I believe, at the, towards the end of the game. I believe Lazard also got hurt. I saw he had a questionable tag on him. Um, yeah, like you said, you lost Brees Hall, so your depth is definitely going to be challenged. Um, and like Drake Jackson, is it Drake? No, Dion. Drake Jackson plays for the Niners. Dion Jackson. I mean, is it even worth having him on your roster at this point? I mean, he, if he if Taylor's no. there, if Taylor's there and Hines is back, it, it doesn't really make sense. I actually put in a waiver claim to drop him for uh, Tyler Algier. I guess I can say that now because this won't cool. be released until after that. And I'm ahead of you on the waiver, I believe. Oh yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not picking up Algier, so you don't. But to worry the. About that. Uh, the my my saving grace is Wandale Robinson, who had yep. eight targets this week. Yep, and I think he'll be a solid. I picked him up two weeks ago just to play it safe, and I think he'll just be a solid guy all the way around. I think he'll be able to just plug in and play, and maybe get me ten points a week, which is all I'm looking for from my flex spot. Um, I actually already dropped Deion Jackson. Um, if you look at my current roster, oh, I picked it. up I picked up uh, Kyron Williams from L.A. 
of the Rams because he's coming back. Yeah, he's coming off IR. He got hurt in the first play of the game. Yeah, so I right. just play it safe, pick somebody up. Yeah. Yeah. But and, uh, uh yeah. I you know, I I I have Wandale on my taxi squad in Ming. So I definitely have been paying attention to him. Um I've considered taking him off my taxi squad, but I want to see him do it just a couple more times. Um and also on my dynasty team. Um it is just so much fun to watch Jamar Chase have an explosive game. He had four touchdowns in the last two weeks. He's put up 32 and 33. He's almost had identical stats both games. Week six, he had seven receptions, 10 targets, 132 yards, two touchdowns. Week seven, he has eight receptions on 11 targets for 130 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, I I can't think of a more fun player to watch at receiver maybe other than Justin Jefferson. And I know I'm a little biased because I have him in both leagues, but Jamar chase on that offense in those unis is just gorgeous. I love watching him play. He's, he is, he's, he is my favorite player to watch. I think, because I watch every Bengals game and he is, it's insane how like, People just look like it's an easy tackle, and he just does something. It's not even his size, even though he's a pretty big dude. It's his ability to move. Like, he spins out of fully guaranteed tackles. And that was it was on the sideline, and he spins back into the ball against somebody and just goes off for another touchdown, you know? And yep. he gets so open. He's got an insane catch radius. I mean, he's just him, – him and Justin Jefferson are the two best wide receivers in the league, in my opinion – I think Stevon Diggs and Cooper Cup are third and fourth, but I think you're just going to see those two for the future. They're they're the next, you know, top tier talent. Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, those are the next two guys. So yeah, yeah, and you know it was a fun matchup. Had some uh, had some Paul Walker, R.I.P. Nos induced into it, you know, injected into it, and it was a it was a really fun one coming down to the Monday night matchup. Um, as for the next matchup, we had Kurt against McGino and McGino pulled out the dub on the previously undefeated Curtis Burns Jr. Um, McGino won 194. It's a close matchup. McGino got nothing out of his running backs. Um, Jamal Williams, I believe DeAndre Swift didn't even play. Jamal Williams didn't do nothing against that Dallas defense. Fournette had a just probably his worst game of the year, I would, I would argue. Yeah, worst game of the year. They got stifled by Carolina. Um, it was cool to see DeAndre Hopkins come back and get 20. I believe in one of our group chats, <clears throat> I was saying, you know, I thought he was only going to be a good option. But throughout that, and, and I said that towards the beginning of the game, and man, at a certain point through that game, it was just like Kyler didn't go anywhere else. Like he didn't look at anybody else. It was all Hopkins. He would just drop back, look for Hopkins, and that's where he would go. So I think – um, that was a good pickup in that trade for McGino. And, you know, Juju had his best game of the year, I believe. Uh, yep, best game of the year. Surprised me. I mean, you know, you go against a hobbled Niners defense who Kansas City put up 44 points. That's that's going to help. Um, and Kurt's team, you know, Dak came back. I think he had a pretty below average game, I think you could argue. Um, Ramondre has been a huge pickup for him. Um, you know, he took the timeshare away from, from Harris, I don't even. I'm not convinced Damian Harris is was even 
fully healthy. I believe the original diagnosis when he first got hurt was that he was going to miss multiple weeks. He ended up only missing, I believe, one, came back the second week, and <clears throat> they got down, and Ramondre is their pass catcher, so he was just in for a whole bunch of it. Debo had a down week. Hill had a mediocre week compared to what he can do. I believe Amon Ra went out with a concussion uh, early in that game, so that was a kind of a bummer, you know, out of his hands. But Kurt's still got some really good pieces on his bench that he'll be able to he'll be able to plug in and play like Dalvin Cook when he comes back. Um, but yeah, in both number one and number two power rankings both got knocked off this week. Um, I, I I wasn't expecting it to be completely honest, but. Yeah, it ended up happening. Yeah, and I think for Kurt, he was missing enough pieces. Um, you know, I think if he has Dalvin Cook there, he wins this week. Uh, you know, he only lost by six points. So uh, I just think in general, the two top teams, they had – this was their big bye week, right? I mean, when Saquon goes on by, it'll hurt Kurt. But Mike Dong was missing Josh Allen. I think 1,000% he beats me if he's playing. I mean, the dude is on fire. But, yeah, I, I think those two are still really formidable teams, and they just this was the week that you were going to catch them, and me and McGino got lucky enough to be on the right side of that. So Yeah, and Mike and Gino pulling out a dub when Stephon Diggs was on by, and no DeAndre Swift, that's a, that's a big come up for both of them. Absolutely. All right, uh, I think we jump into the next matchup, which was you taking on Danny Loftus. And uh, 106-125 win for Dan. Tough week for you, but again, no Justin Jefferson. So I didn't, I didn't, I think I was the only one that took you to win last week. And I just don't think, I don't think it was super plausible, especially with Dan having a pretty good week. Yeah, you know, you play my team, your team's going to go off. So I think that's just how it's been going (laughs) this whole year. I believe I've lost five games in a row. Um, I believe I have the most points against if not i believe jesse is just around there um yeah i you know nothing number one nothing i can do about it and it's it just sucks because my team is pretty good you know mark andrews didn't show up i know he was hobbled going into the game um he put up 0.4 um i went with justin herbert over geno smith ended up working out um but you know, I, I I'm I'm trying to make some some changes because I don't think it's out of it yet. I think it's really jumbled in the middle. Um, we get seven teams into the playoffs, which is more than fifty percent. The first seed gets a buy. I personally like it that way. I think it gives more incentive for people to be involved in it throughout the year. Because um, if it was two and five and only like four or five teams got in, I'd pretty much ride it off at this point. But because it's seven, I think there's still a chance. And of course, there's still a chance. And who do I play next week? the number one guy in the power rankings. So, you know, uh, this is re- I, this is a real uphill battle for my team. Um, Damian Harris, nothing. I was, I was hoping for something, but just, I don't, I did not have that, that good running back that me, I, I don't have that number one running back. Um, I ended up trading for one this year, which, or this week, which we'll go over later, I'm sure. Um, but everybody, you know, I picked up the Titans defense and they led my team. Because the the Bills defense was on by and the Titans defense goes ahead and puts up twenty points, um, yeah, it just you're playing my team, your team's gonna go off. So Mike Dong, I know that you, I know that your your team is projected to lose, but I I, I would be very surprised if your team does not put up one hundred and thirty points considering you're playing me this week. Yeah, so there's a uh, 
there's an app on Fantasy Pros that takes your league and shows what your average placement would be if you know you played everybody in the league that week. It would show your record. Right. I think you were number four or number three. Yeah, um, I would have beat half the league if you know. I mean, you can say that any week. I know that I'm kind of just in it because you know when you're when you're in a losing streak like this you kind of just you're looking for those signs you get a little more you know you keep digging you keep digging you try to find something you know i really wish i had a a dan campbell in my corner to really uh (laughs) positive vibe this thing out of here um but honestly it it's it's can't do anything about it gotta go next week yeah i think i think your team's super solid you put up three more points than me on the year and i'm five and two you're two and five it's just it's just how the cookie crumbles um you know I got really lucky this week that the week I had a huge week. I played the number two guy. He put up 140 points. I expect to lose that most of the time. So I've been really lucky with my matchups. When I've had bad weeks, I've played bad people. And when I've had good weeks, I've played good people. But just I was a little better. So I think you'll turn it around. There's a lot of season left. Uh, I think we still have eight weeks or six weeks, seven, seven. I think week 14 is the last week of our season. Yeah. 15, 16, 17 are playoffs. Um, So, you know, I think. I honestly think 500 is going to get you into the playoffs um, with the seven teams. So I'm just we'll going, see. I'm just going for one win at the time, but um, you know, on the other hand for Dan's team, I mean, I've always liked Dan's team all year. Um, I was in me and him were in conversations to find a trade. I needed a running back. He needed a receiver. And I think it kind of showed in, in the results, you know, my running backs really lacked his running backs went off. My wide receivers went off. His wide receivers could, you know, could have used a little bit of help. Um, he finally, finally, finally got a good game out of George Kittle. It was really nice to watch. Um, it was really nice to watch as a Niners fan, but at the same time in the back of my head, I knew that this was going to come back and haunt me. Um, you know, his bench went off. He's had, he had one, two, three, four, five guys on his bench out of like six total who can play. And five of them were double digits. So he's got a, you know, he's, he's. He's definitely got a good team. He's trending in the right direction. He needed to win that week, and he did. Yeah, absolutely. All right, our next matchup was uh, Christian taking on Yvonne. You know, you've been the biggest supporter (coughs) of Yvonne's team, and I am now on board with the emergence of Joe Burrow the last two weeks. Uh, Zach Taylor really showing, hey, we're going to pass the ball. We're going to pass the ball because we have one of the best quarterbacks in the league at throwing a football and probably the best wide receiving core of the last five years, maybe. I mean, Tyler Boyd still looks ridiculous. T. Higgins isn't even fully healthy. Jamar Chase is a top five wide receiver in the NFL, no question. So, I mean, they are just absolutely star-studded, and I don't, I don't think it slows down for Burrow. If you look at their schedule coming up, it is just chocked full of guys that are going to be able to – you're going to be able to put points on. Cleveland – Division rival, they definitely want to take them out. Carolina, then they have the bye, but then it's Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Kansas City. And you know all those games are going to be shootouts. The Tennessee game, probably going to be a little lower scoring because they like to run the ball in defense. But yeah, Joe Burrow, not going down anytime soon. With the T. Higgins stack, I think that's a great matchup. Every week, he's going to be hot. And, you know, Mostert looks really good. He looks like the bona fide one there. I don't see, you know, a way that Yvonne doesn't have better weeks coming up with Jonathan Taylor back fully healthy, you know, Raheem Mostert taking over that Jeff Wilson spot. 
I think he could use one more receiver um, because the the stack of A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, I think at some point is going to hurt him now. He has to start one of them, if not both. But yeah, his team's super solid. I think he's only getting better. And he had a couple of guys on by this week. So I, I think Yvonne, you know, showed why he's a top, top guy. Yeah, I like you said, I've been a big, big fan of Yvonne's team all year. And I think you're kind of seeing it. Um, you know, Mostert had a great game. And Joku, that's going to suck going down because he's had a he's had a good year. I think he's number, yeah, number four overall tight end on the year. Um, I mean, I know it's tight ends. I know there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of uh, variety, I guess you could say, in the total, like, ranks. Like, if you're towards the top, you don't really have to do a lot to get there. But Njoku's, Njoku's really had a good year. And he, I think he's out with a high ankle sprain, which kind of sucks. Um, so he's going to be out for at least a couple weeks because, you know, high ankle sprains are always tough to come back from. But if he can find, does he even, yeah, he's got Hawkinson. So he can just plug in. I mean, Hawkinson hasn't had a great year, but at least you've got a guy, a notable guy on a decent offense who can throw the ball. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Avon's team and he put up 125 points carried by Burrow, like you said. And I think he'll continue because Taylor's, Taylor's had an awful year for his standards. I, week one was the only week that he really showed off. And I think there's going to be positive things going forward with Taylor. I think they're going to utilize him more. Alinger's going to need some help. And I think Taylor, they're going to lean on Taylor. Um, as for Chris's team, Chris had a, he made a big, big trade um, during the week, I believe. Was it this week? Yeah, it was this week, wasn't it? it was this week he traded for Aaron Jones and he traded away. Uh, uh, well, now I'm looking at your transaction, but he traded uh, away J.K. Dobbins. Great trade. Brandon Ayuk and DJ Moore for Aaron Jones and Josh Reynolds. Now he didn't and, start Josh Reynolds, but that was worth it on the sole fact that Aaron Jones balled out. Yeah. And it, it, it exactly what happened. Um, it's a, it worked out exactly how Christian wanted to work out. He got the guy, he boomed, he got, went off for 28 points, but um, his receivers just let him down, had awful weeks. And you know what, this is where I'm going to take a step back. And I'm going to let you have the floor uh, just in case if you wanted to apologize to CMOT for Michael Gallup putting up zero. So please, the floor is yours, D. So I called Christian Mata and I told him to start Michael Gallup over Jacoby Myers. And Michael Gallup put up zero. He only had two targets. Uh, Dak looked okay. Uh, but the Detroit offense, I didn't think they were going to be that bad. They put up six points. They had five turnovers. I didn't think the Dallas defense was going to be that good against that offense. I know that we've been great all year, but man, they really punched Detroit in the mouth. Jacoby Myers had two catches for 34 yards. He happened to get the touchdown, and it would have made absolutely no difference. But I do apologize to you, Christian. I led you the wrong way, even though it had no overall effect on your outcome. You could have set your perfect lineup, and you still would have lost. So... <laughs> Um, it doesn't matter what you do. You you would have had 19 points, 17 points more if you set the perfect lineup, and you still would have lost by eight. Actually, sorry, you would have lost by 11. Uh, and yeah, so I don't I don't feel bad, and I think that you need some wide receivers. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the future, but I'm I'm really excited to see what happens with Yvonne's team specifically. Because you know how you said T.J. Hawkinson hasn't been great. Well, he's the tight end five on the year because of that boom week. 
So it's it's just funny to me how you can go from David Njoku, who's just been really solid all year. He's just had 10 plus the last four weeks, I think. And then you have TJ Hawkinson, who had one 40-point explosion and then was useless the rest of the year. But they're one ranking apart and not by many points. Yeah. Um, nothing nothing makes me happier than when somebody has, an aflo- has the floor for an apology and they just take that to absolutely annihilate the person that they're apologizing to. So, I'm, Christian, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I gave him the floor. I tried, and he just absolutely oh, took he took a double barrel straight to the chest for you. That was a backhanded apology because I did apologize for having you start Gallup. You did, but also you it did. had absolutely nothing to do with why you got beat the shit out of. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's jump into the next matchup here. We got uh, Jordan and Jesse. How about how about Jordan Ramsey? The self-proclaimed it ain't my year Sacco winner putting up 142 points to annihilate the commish David Stern. Just absolutely annihilated him. He put up 142 points and one of his starting running backs had half of a point. I don't think it could have gone better for Jordan. Uh, did he pick? I think did he pick up Daniel Jones? He picked up Daniel Jones the week before he plays him, and he goes off for 28 points. He trades for Josh Jacobs. Wait, wait, Mark. Who's Uh Daniel Jones? He picked him up? Why would he do that? Was he somebody somebody start of the week last uh, week? It's nice to know that somebody listens to the pod. It's nice to know. You have a fan. You have a fan. How about the Daniel Jones start of the week call? He's the number two quarterback on the week. That's big. I mean, he had a great game. He had a great game. He's fun. I really, and okay, going back to the Shanahan thing, the whole point that it gets really annoying of like, oh, well, you get rid of Shanahan. Who else are you going to get? The New York Giants just signed Brian Dabble to be their head football coach. And he currently has them at what? Six and one? Six the and one. New York Giants. So don't tell me that there's nobody that the Niners would be able to bring in. Okay, I know Jimmy G has a lot to do with it, but don't tell me that there's nobody else out there. Anyway, back to back to fantasy. Jordan trades for Josh Jacobs, traded with Alex for. Well, he got Josh Jacobs and he got Devin Duvernay. He traded away Jalen Waddle, which I'm sure trailing trading away Jalen Waddle was not fun. You know, Jalen Waddle's had a good year, but you get Josh Jacobs off the back of two 30 point weeks and you're just you're hoping he's going to replicate it and by god did he replicate it all right he went off he just absolutely torched the texans they're a god-awful team they can't defend against the run it was kind of expected and god this trade paid dividends for him and the rest of his team did exactly what they needed to do he ended up getting christian kirk for me uh, I believe I traded Christian Kirk and Antonio Gibson for DJ Moore and Kareem Hunt. I think that's personally a very even trade considering how things went out so far. Kirk had a good week. Moore had a good week. Uh, Gibson and Hunt were kind of a wash at this point. So he plugged them straight into the lineup. It ended up paying dividends for him. He believe he also got Tony Pollard in a trade. The moves Jordan's made here have really, really come back to pay some dividends for him this week. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, it's a little wonky because you look at the trade he made for Tony Pollard and Jalen Waddell. He traded Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill looks like he's going to be a 
very, very, very valuable fantasy asset the rest of the year. I mean, again, he put up only 14 points this week, but he's the number three wide receiver on the year, and it doesn't matter who's throwing to him. He gets so many targets. Um, but, you know, got got what he needed, right? Got the big score out of Josh Jacobs. I think Alex on the other end of that is is feeling pretty terrible about that trade because he traded away his number one running back uh, on the year for Jalen Waddle, who got banged up in the game and only put up 12 points. But yeah, Jordan's team, big bounce back week. The question really is for me, can he replicate it? Because I'm looking at his team. Are you going to see another big week from Tony Pollard? Maybe this week with Zeke in, in you know, questionable territory, didn't practice today. But Kenyon Drake, <clears throat> he's got to find somebody to put in there, and that's going to be Tony Pollard. So he's going to be relying on him even more. Maybe Antonio Gibson, but again, the snaps went further away from him towards Brian Robinson. You maybe can start Tyler Boyd. I think that was a unique week. He caught an 80-yard touchdown to start the game, and I think that really boosted his overall score. Devin DuVernay did not look good. He only had, I want to say, three targets. Uh, yeah, only three targets. So, I mean, you got a couple of pieces that really exploded for him. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to do the same thing he did last week against a much better Seattle defense. I guess Seattle's defense has been pretty rough, but they had a good week against Justin Herbert last week. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens with Jordan's team. And for the commish himself, Mr. Jesse, you know, another player with zero points in his lineup. He just does it every week. And he played. It's really impressive. And he played. Yeah, he played. He just didn't know that James Robinson was going to get zero work because Travis Etienne is the future. And honestly, he played a damn near perfect lineup. Outside of the zero from James Robinson, he really wouldn't have played anybody else. He could have upgraded two points there, 2.2. Uh, DeAndre Carter, he wouldn't have played any above anybody else. So bad week for Jesse. I don't think Chase Claypool is a starting wide receiver anymore. But I think he'll slowly turn it around. He does have the Kelsey Mahomes stack, and that's that's always going to give you a shot. Yeah, you know Jesse's Jesse's had a good year. I believe he is. Let me see here. Jesse is second on the year in points overall. So you know he can. He's second in points overall, and I believe he's first in points against. So it's really going to come down to how. You know where where are the points going to fall for him? Because he's pretty pretty much at a one to one ratio, um, and his team's good. You know, he, Cup was on a buy. That was really you know that wasn't fun for him. It, but I I don't think like you said I don't think there was much that he could have done this week to to surpass Jordan's team. Yeah, he better hope he doesn't have an injury. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that goes a lot of the. I I, I know you're saying that with a little uh, you know, with Brees Hall and Javante in the back of your head. Yeah, because I've lost my two starting running backs, my one and my two, my second and third round pick. It hurts. Yeah. You know, and at this point, D, everybody knows. Every I can already I can already hear Dan saying it. How many times is he gonna say it? It it doesn't bother me at all because I picked up Travis Etienne for nothing and he looks like he's gonna be a great, great value this year. Uh Chuba Hubbard definitely got the snaps over uh Deontay Foreman. He just got hurt. That's why Deontay Foreman got to come in the game. Yep. Uh, a lot more. So, but the last matchup of the week uh, is going to be between the one and only Purdy boy himself, Alex Sikorsky, and he took on Justin Dorsey. Uh, score 
Justin won 101 to 93. Lowest scoring game on the week again. Actually, they tied with Mick Gino and Kurt. But, you know, these two teams, Alex's team is nice. I think CMC will be a lot better in this upcoming week. But then he goes on by, and you're getting to the point where it's crunch time. You got to start winning some games. Damian Pierce looks like a legit player. He was a great pickup. And I think I think Alex's team is solid all around. I'm actually not high on CD Lamb anymore. I just he does he doesn't have it. And I hope he gets it. I really do. But he can't be a one. He just he isn't that. He's got the talent, but I don't think he has the mentality. Well, we're so, going to we're going to see what he can do with Dak. We haven't really seen him play with Dak this year. And you know, he was able to put up some pretty good points with uh with Rush, but he has not been able to do it with Dak yet. Um, I think I think the biggest <clears throat> thing with Dak is Dak doesn't doesn't over target anybody really. Even Amari Cooper, he didn't target. He spreads it around, and that's why Noah Brown is valuable. That's why Michael Gallup is valuable. Uh, not this week, but yeah, I I'm a little worried about Alex's team. You know, questions at quarterback to start, questions at wide receiver. Uh, not this week with CD playing Chicago and Jalen Waddle playing uh, Detroit, but. You know, the running back is, is it James Conner? Who do you start? He's got a couple of questions to put in and we'll see what happens with CMC. Yeah, I think, and you know, I, the more I, the more I'm looking at Alex's team and I know I'm looking at it with a uh, little tunnel vision from last week, but I'm, I'm honestly a little skeptical of his team at this current point. Um, he's not even going to hear this cause he just skips straight to all the other parts. So it doesn't really matter what we say. He's not going to know. Um, Christian McCaffrey, you know, what is he going to be able to do on the Niners? I think he will, will it be a certain situation that he does well for the team, but he doesn't put it up fantasy wise. I think he'll put it up decent amount fantasy wise. Um, but what level is it going to be at? Is it going to be at the 25, 23 fantasy points a game? Or is it going to be at, you know, just the high teens? Um, Tom Brady is not it this year. That is his only quarterback on his roster, I believe. And Tom Brady is not it. He has not had a good year. Those offensive line, the offensive line injuries they've sustained have just absolutely derailed their offense. They can't protect him. He can't move. And he, they put up three points against the Carolina Panthers, who just traded away their starting star running back, and they were playing what a USFL quarterback? Like, how, I, I just I don't understand how you put up three points with all of the weapons on that roster. Um, Damien Pierce, solid. He just got rid. And you know what? If he kept Josh Jacobs, he would have won. But he decided that that was the weak link. That was the one he can get the most return on, I assume. So he ended up trading him away. Um, I think Jalen Waddle will have better weeks than he did. I thought he had a pretty mediocre week, and obviously he's bank- Alex is banking on Waddle to have bigger games. Um, yeah, I just I I I just I'm not sure about Alex's team. James Conner has done nothing all year; just an absolute dead end player this year. Um, and as for Justin's team, Justin did exactly what he needed to do. Um, he won. He needed to get himself out of the out of the one win mark and and he did it and he had Romeo Dobbs put up zero and he still was able to pull it off. Um, and and Justin's got a chance to make another win this week because he's playing Jesse and Jesse has Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on by. Yeah, that's big. And he's got to, you know, pick up, you, you, you want to pick up the wins that you can get, which has been my downfall. Um, and Justin's trying to pick up the wins he can. Absolutely. All right, Mar, I think we jump into our power rankings real quick. Let's do it. 
Power Rankings. All right, and this week, still at the bottom, even though he had the a high scoring week. Uh, I still have Jordan at twelve. I just, I think it was maybe not a fluke, but he still has the lowest point scored in the league. Uh, you know, he's got pretty low points against. I think the third lowest. So I just don't think we're gonna move him up until he he climbs a little higher in the actual rankings. He's still number number twelve out of twelve. Uh, at number eleven, we have Justin. You know, got to win this week, and and next week we could move him up quite a bit. Uh, you know, a couple of losses from guys above him, and a couple of wins from him, and you know, Christian, they'll all be tied, and they'll you could flip flop real quick because this league is very close. Uh, between twelve and I want to say six is one game. So, you know, like you said earlier, it's one week at a time, one win at a time. If Justin wins again this week, he's got a chance to move up. And at number 10, we have Christian, who, you know, he made a couple trades last week. Let's be, let's see what he's able to do this week. He took the L. Um, he's got to bounce back. And he's got, I believe he's got the third lowest points on the year. He's two points ahead of Alex. Um, yeah, Christian's got some, he's got some, he's got some things to do. He's got some things to take care of. And we'll see if he can get this win next week. But as now, he's at the number 10 spot. At number nine is myself. Um, I consider myself a little bit snake bitten this year. Uh, the product of a lot of bad luck, which a lot of fantasy is, but you know what? That's, that's what goes into it. That's half the battle. And so that's why I'm at number nine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number eight, we have the six God himself, Alex, you know, uh, three and four record going to put him at eight, but I think he's the worst of the three and four teams. Number seven, we have Danny a little bit above Alex, a little more secure at running back and at wide receiver. And I think they'll both be, Pretty close to finishing in the playoffs. I think one of them will eventually fall out in place for one of the four bottom guys. Yeah, number six, we have Jesse. It's kind of crazy when you look at the standings in our league. You see everybody else is kind of like, you know, I am I got the 863 points for, for this year. I got the 861 points against. And then you look up a little bit, and Jesse's got 881 points for, which is second on the year for our entire league. And he's three and four with a three game losing streak because he has 866 points against. He's just running into some absolute buzzsaws, kind of dealing with the same situation I am. He's putting up a lot of points, but teams are just going off when they play him. And that's why we that's why we have him at the uh, the top three and four team um, at, I believe, number five. We have Avon. Um, I love his team. He's at four and three. He's putting up a solid amount of points. Um but he's not as good as the next team at the four and three mark. Yeah. At the four mark, we have McGino, you know, took down the Titan. That was Curtis on yes, a bye week but uh, you know, Dalvin cook, I think is just as much of a hit as Stefan Diggs, if not even a little less. So big win for G- McGino really like their team. Uh, thank God. I stole Travis at the end from him for Rashad Bateman because his team would be terrifying if he still had him. And then a number three is myself. Uh, you know, I, I thought about putting myself a little lower, but I'm not going to do it until I start losing. I lost Brees Hall this week, but, you know, Travis Etienne, the trade with James Robinson, I think it's going to help him really solidify as an RB1. You know, he's going to finish in the top 12. So 5-2, and two, feeling really comfortable about making the playoffs, going to try and make some moves to make up for that Brees Hall loss and see if I can stay relevant. 
yeah, you know, you're, you've, you've won three in a row and that's what the power rankings are all about. Consistency where you're at right now and you're five and two and you're, you're feeling pretty good about it. Um, at number two, we got Kurt took a loss this week, but he's still leading the, you know, towards the top of the league in points four. Um, he's got a solid team and he's able to beat anybody any week. Um, at number one, still Mike Dong put up 148 points in a loss which is kind of unbelievable to say um, took his first loss on the year as well. But with that showing, he's got 916 points on the year, which is about almost 40 points more than the pl- the person in second place. So yeah, Mike's team is a absolute juggernaut and that's why he's at number one. All right. And now it's time to bring on the next guest for the eighth episode of the intelligent ones football show. The Mick himself, the real manager of the Mick Gino Fantasy Squad, Michael McDonald. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Wow, thanks, Dante. I feel like I'm, I'm outside on 8th and Harris, wait, Harrison waiting to get in City Nights. <laughs> there he is. What's up, kid? How are we doing? Uh, doing well, Dante. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Mario. How's it going? Mike, the California Elite Football Club president is in the house. We had to stop him from his busy schedule to try to get him in. Took eight weeks, but he's here. Yeah, I, I've been busy, man. It, it took a while to get Chubbs signed up on the team. We did a short-term <laughs> contract. He's actually on loan from a different team who didn't really want to play him. So we have Chubbs, but you know, happy to make time here. Happy to be your guys' first sponsor, CAE Elite FC. I think we're going to go really far. We got a few t-shirts to give out today, so looking forward to it. <laughs> we got a, we got, we're going to have the e-girls at halftime shooting the, uh, shooting the shirts out of, out of the cannons. Love it. Well, I mean, do we have a mascot? I imagine our mascot might be a little better. Yeah, I think our mascot's Drake, Drake dressed up as blackface. Um, I don't think it gets uh, better than that. Yeah, that, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, 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 uh, hey, thanks for having me. Quick thing, really quick. Um, happy to be in the league, but man, the trade volume in this league is wild. I mean, it's like pulling teeth to do a trade in any other league I've been in. And here we're just throwing trades out left and right like they're hotcakes. Come on, baby. You know, it 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 makes the league the most fun, I think. I think that's the best part of our league is that there's like five people in the league that just want to trade all the time. And number one of that list is Curtis Burns, just wants to throw out as many trades as possible. And it makes the league so much fun because it gives variety. Oh, totally. You know, and if it wasn't for it, Jordan's team wouldn't have put up 142 points. And now he's possibly not going to be the Sacco winner this year. Yeah, it's big. And just for the record, Dan, I do not want Zeke. Please stop sending me Zeke every week. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't force him on you. Huh? No, I didn't want him in the draft. I don't want him now, buddy. All right. I think we jump right into the stars of the week. Let's do it. The Intelligent Ones starts of the week. All right. Starts of the week for this week. Let's go ahead and start it off with the quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and go with Kirk Cousins. The Minnesota Vikings are taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are giving up almost 20 points to the quarterback. Uh, Vikings are coming off a bye. They've been able to scout Arizona a little bit more. They're going to come off fresh, and I think that they're I think they're really going to take it to them. I think Cousins is going to have a good week. 
Absolutely love that pick, Mar. Mick, who's your quarterback start of the week? Yeah, this week I'm going to go Tua. I like Tua a lot. You know, he's seen limited action. Yeah, he was throwing up gang signs a few weeks ago. And, you know, from the Marina District, no clue what signs they were. I'm going to ask Dustin. Um, <laughs> but I like the weapons he has. You know, he has Hill. He has Waddle. He has Mostert, who's, I think, around 30 years old. Hasn't played a complete season in his life. But that's besides the point. The point I want to make is they're playing the Lions. I watch a lot of Lions football because I have Swift and Williams, and it's not been fun to watch. But Miami has a high of 27.5 implied points this month, uh, this week. And I believe the Lions defense is in last place for expected points allowed per play. So I think it's going to be a big week, week for two. I'm liking him. Yeah, that's a great that. pick. Uh, Lions is uh, they're, they're terrible against the uh, quarterback. <laughs> they're number 31 or 32 in the league. Uh, I'm also going to go with that same matchup, but I'm taking the other side of the ball. I'm going to go with Jared Goff because the Dolphins are 28th in the league against the quarterback position. Jared Goff. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to come back. DeAndre Swift should be back. He's going to get a little less pressure with a good running game back. And you're just going to see him really be able to sling the ball down the field. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it was the second highest over-under on the week. So expect a big, big opportunity for Jared Goff to score lots of points. Cal's finest, baby. Uh, as for my running back start of the week, I am. I think if if you've gone back through the previous ones, uh, you can find a trend in in where my kind of allegiance lies in running back starts of the week. Um, this week, I'm going to go against, or I'm going to choose Derrick Henry because essentially, whoever is playing the Houston Texans, I am taking that running back because odds are the Texans will not be able to stop them. Josh Jacobs just torched them. Derrick Henry, I believe I saw the last three times he's played the Texans. He's gone off for like 130 yards in each game with multiple touchdowns, and I don't see that stopping this week. The Texans are god-awful. They're giving up over 31 points to the running back position, and I think Derrick Henry is going to have a great week. Mick? I like that start week? And, and not not for – Christian, I like it for Derrick Henry. I think he deserves it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, my my start of the week, I'm going to go with my number one pick, DeAndre. <laughs> I've only seen the game, the season three times this year, Swift. So, um, you know, he was a full participant today, which makes me super optimistic that he'll play. I think this is a hot matchup because, you know, Dante, you just chose this matchup as well a few picks ago. Um, I think Miami takes a quick lead here, and you're probably thinking, like, Mike, how does that help you and how does that help Swift? Here's a fun fact for everybody. Swift averages close to six catches per game starting last year. And the Dolphins are pretty much at the bottom when it comes to defensive passes against running backs. So if I'm looking at Dan Campbell and Swift and me just sitting here on my computer being fat, I'm sure they've thought of that stat as well. I think Swift's going to have the comeback game we've all been waiting for. Yeah, and he's I'm, he's dyna he's dynamic when he catches it out of the backfield too. Yeah, you know, yeah. if he's there, right? If only when he's there. Yeah, He's He's amazing, man. I'm I'm sure you're happy to have both your running backs actually playing the rest of the year. Um, so my running back start of the week is going to be Leonard Fournette on Thursday night, taking on the one and only Baltimore Ravens, who are 20th against the run. So on the lower end of the middle of the pack, but more importantly, 27th against the wide receiver position and passing Leonard Fournette. I want to say is number three in the league in targets and number one for running back targets. He has had the opportunity to catch tons of passes, and in our PPR league, that's invaluable. I think Leonard Fournette is going to have an absolutely monster week, and I think you can expect at least 20 from him. 
against this Ravens defense. Yeah, I like it. Thursday night's games, I feel, you know, not the first couple in the season, but I think Thursday night games are usually offensive games. So I can see that happening. Yeah, I hope that happens. I got to make a prayer to Sister Lucy, see if it uh, plays off. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, my wide receiver start of the week is going to be Devontae Smith. Um, Eagles are coming off a bye. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are giving up almost 44 points to opposing wide receivers. That ranks second worst behind the Falcons. Um, I this is a juicy matchup for both AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. I just I love what Devonte Smith can bring. I think he's got that deep threat. I think he's got that speed, and I think he'll be able to torch the torch the Steelers defense this week. Absolutely, I really like that pick. I think uh, I think you'll see a big big week. Mike, what's yours? Yeah, wide receiver. So Mario, you know, I was writing this thinking I was hyping you up. Reality, I'm not. Uh, but I'm choosing Mike Evans as my start of the week. I think it's time we see the real Mike Evans, right? Last week, he led the league in targets. And I think this game coming up should be a big passing game for Tom Brady and the Bucks, for the home underdogs. Um, also, Brady needs to prove that his divorce was worth it or is going to be worth it. He needs to win some games so his attorneys have a case when they say, yeah, he misses majority of his kids' birthdays because he's being deployed. If he's losing, I think they lose that case, you know, and he's going to end up losing way more than just a few games, so. Uh, but back I, to football, yeah. I hope he kisses him on the mouth still, personally. I Yeah, I think he still does. Um, speaking of kissing on the mouth, the Ravens had a great performance last week, but they're sixth in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So I think that plays in Mike Evans' favor. Um, but since Christian now has Mike Evans, I actually rescind everything I said. I <laughs> start. I, the Bucks have not been themselves, and the Ravens are a great team. <laughs> I want to play might be the first ever time on the pod where somebody chooses a player and then immediately rescinds all of the things he just said. Didn't Jesse say something like that? Right I believe, after choosing yeah, a player? Yep, yep, yep. He's like, the only reason I wouldn't do this or the main reason I wouldn't do this is because of this. Anyway. There's a few things I, I listen to. Hey, hey what's, what's the, what's the combination? What's the, the, the denominator between Mike and, uh, Mike and Chubbs? There's not many, but what's the one? That I make my passes. Come on, baby. <laughs> uh, just going to mention Los Angeles. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know he lives here anymore. Shout out, Madeline. Yeah, I think he's in Inglewood. That doesn't count. Mike Mike cuts that part out when he's selling on Los Angeles. It's actually um, LA, but yeah. Uh, so for my web receiver who started the week, I'm going with Michael Pittman. Pity City, baby. He's coming back. Uh, they're playing the commies, who are not a great defense overall. And I know Sam Ellinger... Ellinger, I don't know how the hell you say his name. Nobody cares about him. He's just going to throw the ball a lot to Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, I think, because when you're not experienced in the NFL and you haven't played a single game, I have to imagine that the game plan has to be featured somewhere around your two best players, and he's not going to take the risks. Michael Pittman's going to get a lot of shots. The red zone rank of the Washington Commanders defense is 29th in the league. They're allowing 37 points to the wide receivers. And I, I just, I think that you're going to see a lot of targets Michael Pittman's way. He's going to make enough plays to be a relevant fantasy wide receiver this week. Yeah, I love that. Um, my tight end start of the week, jumping into tight ends, uh, it's going to be, and you guys have already been multiple picks um, from this game already, but my pick of the week is going to be TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Miami's given up 15 points to the tight end. They've given up three touchdowns, um, all of them from the red zone. And 
I can see Hawkinson being a force, um, especially if Amon Ra is not able to play with a concussion. Um, they're going to need to throw the ball against that high-powered offense, you know, try to stay in the game, and I think Hawkinson will be able to do that. Also, quick note, 51.5 is the over-under, so there is a definite possibility all of our guys hit, which would be great for anybody who has Lions or Dolphins players on their team. Dante's driving out to Reno with uh, Randy right now. Well, Absolutely. You can, you can hear everybody uh, – carrying the seats into the van, clicking them in. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going with Jawan Johnson, who I practiced today a few times how to pronounce his first name. Jawan <laughs> Johnson with the Saints. So a few teams on by this week, uh, looking at some injuries that the Saints are dealing with. Um, you know, Trotman's out or maybe out. And I didn't even know there was another tight end other than uh, Hill on this team, but go figure. Um, Johnson is second in routes run and third in targets on this team. And he's coming off a career best week. So I think he could be a sneaky start. But actually, now that I'm looking at who has him, it's Dong. Michael Dong has three tight ends, so he's probably not going to start Johnson. So there's this is a stupid start of the week He's because he's not going to be started. I mean, he should listen to you, but that's he's, just you know, my opinion. He's 6-1. I, I, I offered him a great trade. He didn't listen to me, and then he lost his first game. Go figure. I... Uh... I don't think he'll start him because he's got Tyler Higby and I think Gerald Everett is the other one. And both those guys are pretty good. Uh, but on the same vein of Jawan Johnson, who had 20 points last week, all in garbage time. What team <laughs> did he play? The one and only Arizona Cardinals. I am a huge proponent of just picking the worst team against tight ends in the last three years, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm going with the tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, Irv Smith. Arizona is 31 in the league against tight ends in both red zone and fantasy points per game rank. They just don't know. They don't care. They don't cover the tight end. They'd rather work on the outside, stop work on the run game. They don't touch the tight ends. They allow in 20 points a game to tight ends. I'm looking for a touchdown at least from Irv Smith. I'd expect at least 10 points, which is a good week for a tight end. So Irv Smith, my tight end start of the week. That would have been mine if you hadn't already uh if you hadn't already take taken it. I picked him up in Ming because I'm down Waller and Njoku, and I hope he's gonna be able to do that with a good matchup. Absolutely. All right. I think we jump into the no longer new segment, but still. A very fun segment, the second week of it, the one and only Name That Fantasy Player. Uh, who wants to start us off? I'll start us off. Let's go with, uh, we're going to start off, my guy is a running back. Um, all right, first hint. This player was the number one fantasy running back in 2016. Number one in 2016. I just, quick... Quick math, Le'Veon Bell. Incorrect. Shout out, Marin Public School System. Carolina High, baby. That'd be my guess, too. I'm guessing, I would say Todd Gurley, if he was still playing, but I'm going to go Zeke. Yeah, Zeke. Also, Also wrong. Hint number two. The following year, he only played one game. David Johnson. That's it. Yeah. I, that was my second guess, but I didn't remember if it was 2015 or 16. He just had an incredible year. He apexed at like 320 or 70-something points in 2016, and then I don't think he ever broke 200 fantasy points again. 
Wasn't he the average. number one overall next fantasy here? He was definitely top five. Um, yeah. He's also, I just saw this today. He's only 30 years old. So running backs who's come he, and go, man. Who's he playing for? Or did he retire? Nobody. Nobody. The last thing I saw on fantasy pros was he was talking to the saints. And I believe that was eight weeks ago. He's, ah, he, he's not on a team. Dude no. disappeared. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Maybe I could play for the saints. I'll go next. Um, all right. So I have the wide receiver. Okay. My first hint in his rookie year, this wide receiver finished 20th in total receiving yards and 20th in fantasy points at this position. His rookie year, you said? His rookie year, yeah. 20 and 20. 20th in total receiving yards and 20th in fantasy points. His rookie year. Um, I have no idea. With no, yeah. no time stamp, I have no idea. I'll take a shot. I'll just say uh, Cooper Cup. Yeah, let me go with uh, who's another guy? Martavius Bryant. Mm. <laughs> no, both incorrect. But That's Cooper, a deep Cooper's a good guess. Cooper's good. All right, number two. They get easier. Um, I think they get easier. I have no idea. In 2019, he became the youngest wide receiver to reach 2,300 receiving yards. 2019. So he's got to be middle aged right now. So like 20, 20, what? 25, 26, maybe by now, 27. Well, no, if he only had 2,300 receiving yards, right? So that took him, I'm assuming, less than two years. Yeah. So you would imagine he's like in his like early 20s and then three years later, 24, 25, 26. Okay. I'm going to go DJ Moore. No, he's only been in the league three. Three years. I, I I'm thinking I'm thinking Justin Jefferson, but I'm gonna go with. Uh, well, you can't do two guesses. No, I, that's who I'm thinking. But I'm gonna go with. Um, let's go with uh, Amari Cooper. Ooh, good good guess, good guess. Uh, both years, Dante are incorrect. All right, <laughs> this this might give it away. And also, that one wasn't fair because there was no fantasy value there. But why receivers are kind of hard to come up with like fantasy relevant questions. Right. Because they only do two things like catch. Well, up. I mean, the reception, the reception in yards is fantasy relevant, right? So, yeah. So the last one, this may give it away. Also in his rookie year, which was 2017, this wide receiver had the longest catch and run touchdown at 97 yards for 15 and a half fantasy points. Victor Cruz. No. No, he said 2017. His rookie year in 2017. He had the longest catch of that NFL season of 97 yards for a touchdown. I just remember Victor Cruz had like a 99-yard touchdown catch on the left, up the left side of the field. And what if I told um, you? Three, I'm going to say Odell Beckham Jr. That's a good guess. Hint 3.5. What if I were to tell you he does the same thing the following year? Oh, man. Who's done oh, that multiple oh, times? Tyreek Tyree Hill? Wow. That's probably the right guess. Yeah. No. Incorrect. Oh, this is tough. 2017 rookies? I bet no, you. That was the cover in 2016, so he's already playing. Yeah. Uh, you think Alex has spoiled it for the group by now? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. All right. I'll, we're running out of time here, so I'm going to go with the answer. It's not John Smith. 
It's Juju Smith-Schuster. Wow. Wow. I would have never guessed that. That, guy's that was a good one, Mike. That was a really good one. I don't remember him having long touchdown catches. That's nuts. Uh, That's Alex, just because you just skipped to this part, please shut up in the group chat and don't text anyone what you think the answers are. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> as for my quarterback that I went with, my first tent is he has never finished in his entire career outside of the top 10 in fantasy standard scoring, four-point leagues. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Nope. Okay, next hint. He currently is a top six quarterback and has finished six or higher in three of the last four years. Currently top what was six. the first hint? That he's, he's always been in the 10 top 10. Every, every year he's ever played, he's been in okay. the top 10. But three of the last four, he's been six or higher, including this year. So he's currently six or higher. That's the big part of that hint. It's not Josh Allen, because I don't think he's been in the league that long. Yeah, but this year hasn't finished yet. So are you saying he's already top six? Like he's East currently, Island? yeah, he's currently six or higher this year, but he's been at that point or better. Yeah, is it Ky- Kyler Murray? How about Michael McDonald with the Kyler Murray correct answer? Good shout. Good shout. So that was tricky. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. I, know, I was going to think Brady, but, you know, I don't think he's doing that great right now. Yeah. I tried to throw you guys off by saying his entire career, he's only played four years. So yeah, right. Yeah, that's why I went uh, Rodgers. I, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to give it up. So that wraps up the can you name that fantasy player? And now we're going to jump up into the matchup previews for week eight. Kicking it off is myself taking on the Sacco winner, Jordan Ramsey. Mar, who are you taking to win that one? I am going to go. You know what? I'm going to go Jordan. I'm going to go Jordan. Just I'm going to I'm going to hope he's going to bounce back, bounce with that uh you know rhythm in the last week. He has. I'm looking at the matchup. He has no check marks. You have every player better than the person opposite that player on Jordan's team, and I'm still going to go Jordan's team. Sorry, D. Doesn't bother me at all. Dante, I have to go your way only because I gave you ETN, and that really effed me up because I had to trade away half my team now. Um, speaking of that, actually, I'm still waiting for the $50 Venmo. So after the pod, let's just get that done. Um, no worries, Mick. I think Lamar's going to have a big game. Tampa Bay's struggling. Um, I think even with some of the injuries you have, you're in a good spot. Jordan does have Josh Jacobs now. So it'd be fun to see how that's going to add on to his team. That guy just pounds defenses like, you know, him and Justin back in the day. So, my um, goodness. It's going to be a close one, but I lean Dante. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, Mar, he hasn't put Josh Jacobs in yet, so I don't win at every position. And Christian Um, Kirk. uh, But I will say I am going to take myself. I have blocked him, and I have left every group chat we're in together, so he has no way to curse me. And, you know, I think that that was enough last year, and I'm hoping that's enough this year. And I do also agree with Mick. I think Lamar Jackson is overdue for a big week. He's been pretty, pretty mediocre the last four weeks. So. Yeah, he's actually been pretty bad, to be completely honest. I would say yeah. not even mediocre. I think he's been pretty bad. And he's still number four overall in the year. Yeah. All right. And uh, the next matchup, we're going to go to Curtis taking on Danny Loftus. 
Who are you guys taking? I'm going to go Kurt on this one. I just, I, I, I like Dan's team. I think he's got a lot, a lot of power in it, but I just, I think Kurt's got more power in his team. Yeah, I go Kurt as well. Uh, Kurt had a down week. His players are looking to bounce back. Sure, he talked to them in the locker room. Uh, you know, I think for Dan to win, uh, it has to come from Kyler. And I hate to say it, but his kicker, who is second overall in the position, uh, his kicker needs to put up some good points to beat Kurt. So, yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Curtis as well. I don't even think Zeke's gonna play, so he's gonna have to put in somebody that he probably doesn't want to start this week. And yeah, I'm just going to go with Curtis. He's got the better team overall, and he had a bye week last week. Kurt doesn't lose two in a row ever. And now my favorite matchup of the week, Michael Dong taking on Mario Maki. The battle of the top, two of the top three in total points scored this year. I feel like every week I take the other person, so I feel like this week I'm going to take myself only to try to reverse some of the juju. Um, I don't have Justin Herbert, which he hasn't really been doing that great this year anyway. Luckily, I grabbed Geno Smith off waivers a couple weeks ago. Um, I got Aaron Jones. I'm hoping I the the over or the uh, spread for the Buffalo Packers game is 11 and a half favoring the bills. And I'm hoping that Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of play because of that. Packers are going to have to throw the ball. A lot of running back dump offs. Um, Jefferson's back. Alave is, I think, going to have a great week again. Hopefully, Andrews can do something, and DJ Moore is going up against Atlanta, which is just who are terrible against wide receivers. Um, I, I fingers crossed, man. I hope I catch Mike in a bad week because I really need this dub. So I'm going to go myself. Yeah, I went back and forth on this one a lot. Uh, kept changing who I was going to go with, but I am leaning you, Mario. Um, I think the Jones pickup definitely helps. You know, the game script may call system jump offs or dump offs with Jones. Sorry, Norman just kind of flew in here. Um, the nuts himself. <laughs> the nuts himself. Uh, I definitely know they're not throwing to AJ Dillon because I can tell he sits on my bench every day now. Um, you know, Dong has a great team, but super tough matchups this week. So I go Mario. Yeah, Mar, I'm going to roll with you. I think I would like to see you put in uh, Kareem Hunt over Deontay Foreman. If Chuba Hubbard does play, Kareem Hunt, I want to say averages. 14 points a game versus Cincinnati. He just owns them. Um, and that's over like seven matchups. So I really think your team is just solid top to bottom. We'll see what happens with uh, Michael Dong missing two big running backs for him. But I, I think you're going to get the dub this week, Mar. Hey, boy, I hope so. All right. Next matchup. The one and only guest himself, California Elite Football Club's manager and team owner, Mick Gino, taking on Christian Mata. Manager of the year. I'm going to go, you know what? I, this is going to be tough because I think Derrick Henry is going to have at least 25 points. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a great game. And Mike Evans is always capable of, of playing well. I will say Mike Evans is questionable going into the game. Um, oh, he doesn't have a designation. He's going to play. So, but even with all that, he can explode. I think Christian has, I think the two Pittsburgh players are really going to cost him. And I think that that's what is going to propel Mike to the victory. Your receivers are good. They're getting swift back. You got Fournette, who's going to have a good game, I think, tomorrow. And Carr, Carr is playing the Saints, and the Saints give up a ton of points to the quarterback. So I'm going to go Mike on this one. You know, this is like when the Targaryens have children that really are from the wrong father. Um, you know, <laughs> This is a story of players facing their old teams. This is the story of what happens when they don't pass you the ball and they steal the new Hopkins from under your feet. 
So <laughs> I'm going to lean my way here. Uh, you know, Christian had a strong running back core with Jones. Jones put up his second biggest week of the season, and I don't really see that stopping. Um, so Mario, you know, congrats to you to pick him up. Um, I do think short term Evans helps Christian, but like in general with that trade, I think Montgomery drops his RB ranking. Um, and I think Evans actually ends at the same spot by maybe four or five, uh, ECR than Jacoby Myers by the end of the year. Love to see if that comes true. Um, I lean my way because I'm new Hopkins, baby, fill them up with PEDs and let's go. Let's go. I'm, uh, I'm going with you too as well, Mick. I just, I think your team, you won that trade. I said it when it happened. I really like DeAndre or DeAndre Hopkins and Leonard Fournette. He's my start of the week. I got to roll with him. I think Derrick Henry is going to have a monster week. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a monster week. But DK Metcalf, I don't think will play. So he's got to start somebody else. And that'll probably be Jacoby Myers taking on a really good Jets defense and lined up against Sauce Gardner, who has just been phenomenal to watch. So I'm going to go ahead and take you in this matchup, Mick. And yeah, that's all there is to it. Uh, the next matchup is Justin taking on Jesse. And, you know, I'm going to start it off here. I think Jesse is going to lose pretty badly. I think Justin's going to get right in this game. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on by. I don't think that's going to end well for Chubbs. Man, I, I, I can tell that Dante's been thinking about that one for a while, um, considering he just went straight to it. And yeah. I, 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 I also agree. I think Justin's going to get it. Kirk Cousins, my start of the week. Nick Chubb, I think, is going to have a good game. Um, I think, I mean, Chubb currently doesn't have a quarterback on his roster that's playing this week. So, you know, I think he, who's he going to pick up? We'll find out. But yeah, I also agree for Justin. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little confused with Jesse's team at the moment. I refreshed my page just to see if he still didn't have a quarterback. Um, and so I lean Justin just because of the fact that, you know, I think Kirk Cousins plays like a QB one this week. And I'll, that will be really hard for Jesse to fill um, if he's streaming a quarterback to go against a quarterback who's going to put up potentially QB one points. Um, I'm hoping Adams and Carr have a big game just because I have Carr. Um, I'm not too sure with the Taysom Hill start either. I think, you know, he's a boomer bust. I feel like he performs the week you don't need him to perform. And when you do, he doesn't. So that's my take. I go Justin, the horse, Dorse. All right. Our last matchup of the week, Yvonne taking on the six got himself, Alex Sikorsky. Yeah, not much to say. I'm going, I'm going to Vaughn. Loved his team all year, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. I am leaning Alex, actually, Mario. Um, he has James Conner starting. James Conner has, like, been – a human traffic cone. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, I, so I, I'm hoping he goes McCaffrey. Not playing. McCaffrey Pierce is what I'm thinking. Who he should start if he still has him on their team. I don't know with all these trades anymore. It's, it's gnarly, but um, yeah, he's got McCaffrey Pierce and then he's got Connor as his flex. Yeah, I think like the the recent trades kind of have helped Alex. Um, I see. I have his players starting inside uh, Yvonne's. That's how I made this decision. I didn't peel back the layers of Yvonne's team that well. So maybe you're right, but I'm going uh, Alex. I can I'm see it happening. Y- I'm absolutely going Yvonne. It's not even close for me. I think this is going to be a pretty bad blowout on Alex's side. Um, you know, I think T. Higgins is finally healthy, fully. He wasn't on the practice report this week. Uh, Joe Burrow 
going to continue to look to dominate, especially against Cleveland, who I think everyone in the league has a personal gripe against. Jonathan Taylor, fully back healthy, playing a bad defense. Raheem Mostert playing the worst run defense. I mean, I just, it's too many good matchups. And even if he doesn't start Chris Godwin, or if I would say if Mike Evans sits, I would start Devontae Smith. Or if Mike Evans starts, I'm sorry, I would start Devontae Smith over Chris Godwin. Yeah. And those are the matchups for this upcoming week. And now it's time. He got his first dub last week, ladies and gentlemen. Can. You beat the D. And now it's time for Can You Beat the D? Mike, Mike, he, he needs one more for a winning streak. Don't let this happen. Yeah. Don't okay. eat chubs. I'll try not to. All right, you're the visitor. You'll be going first. Are you ready? You know, I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't made it this far in your podcast to know what we're about to do. (laughs) Even better. So let's do it. Let's ride. All right, question one. In Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers, who led the San Francisco 49ers in receiving yards? You know, that's a good one. I, I think I remember going to that game. With all, your, well, with all the crypto money. Shout out, Chubbs. Don't shout them out. The, light, the lightsabers. The light. yeah, shout out. Made a lot of money off those. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who was on the receiving core team? I'm just going to go with the easy one, Debo. That is incorrect. Kendrick Bourne led the Niners. I believe he had two receptions for 42 yards. I wonder if Alex knew that answer. Yeah. That, that would be a good one. I mean, I'm don't. sure he'll tell us. Yeah, don't. Didn't Debo Alex, do something again, that? Don't. Uh, Debo had a he had catches, but he didn't have a lot of yards, and he I think he rushed more than he. It was like the rushing. Passed. Yeah, he like broke the record for rush or something, right? Rushing. Yeah, I, I know he had a lot of rushing for the, or he had a decent amount, not like a crazy. So does that amount. give Dante a point? No, you just don't get one. So now Dante's turn, and he goes. I got it. Dante, ready? I am. In Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Kansas City Chiefs, who led the Bucks in receiving yards? Uh, hmm, that's a good one. I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll go with the save option. I'll go with Chris Godwin. That is incorrect. It's Rob Gronkowski. Oh, yeah, he did have a monster game. All right. All right. 0 for 1, 0 for 1. Mike, your question two. Oh, wait, I just play Dante? Oh, Lord. That's it, baby. Let's see. Question, question two for Mike. From the 2015-2016 season through the 2021-2022 season, there have been six different teams to reach the Super Bowl from the NFC. Who is the only team in that time span to do it twice? So from 2015-2016 to 2021-22 seasons, there's been six different teams to reach the Super Bowl from the NFC. Who is the only team that did it twice? So two different consecutive, two different no, years. Not, not yeah, not it doesn't 20, have to be 2015 to 2022. Who made it twice in that time frame? I am leaning Patriots. Well, NFC. considering it's the entire other conference, I'll give you another shot. You're right. God damn it, I'm an idiot. Oh. 
I don't want to say the wrong thing because I don't want Dante to win. <laughs> Nobody does. That's why he was undefe- or he was winless for so long. Chubbs, thanks for that again. All right, Mike, you got to hurry up, dude. Is it, is it the Eagles? Is that your final answer? Yes, final answer. Well, no, they're also no. in the. They're also in. Are the they NFC. also in the AFC? Holy shit! Yeah, no, the so, Eagles. The Eagles are in the NFC. They're in the Cowboys division. They made oh, it once right. in 2017. The answer is the Rams, though. It is the Rams. All right. Question four. So Mike's 0-2. Dante, your second question. From 2014-15 season through the 2018-19 season, the New England Patriots won every AFC championship game except for one. Who beat the Patriots in that one year? Uh, You said 2014-15 all the way to 2018-19? Correct. Okay, so let's go... Uh, the 2014-15. They played in the AFC Championship game every year, and they won all of those except for one. The 2018-19, uh, you said, right? To Kansas 20... City Chiefs. Yeah, Kansas 40... City Chiefs. Final is answer. That, uh, that is incorrect. Denver Broncos. Oh, that was when the, year the pa- Chief... That was 2019. The... Wasn't wasn't the Chiefs in the Super Bowl versus the Niners? Uh, I believe that was 2020. That was the 1920 season. Oh, I was thinking the 18, my bad. the eighteen nineteen season. The Patriots played the Chiefs, but they blew them out. And then I believe that was when the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. No, that was seventeen eighteen. Eagles won in seventeen eighteen. Got it. That's um, why I was confused. Okay, I missed. Okay, zero and two. Let's go. All right, this is it, Mike. Last question. Yep. Who plays at the Nissan Stadium? Why do I want to say? Say it. Team in like. Asia, but I, isn't that <laughs> is it like Michael Dong should know this one? I'm gonna, I think it's like South, it's in, it's like uh, mid is the Mid East a thing? I think Titans, I'm gonna go Titans because I think actually that's Mike McDonald. We just sent the, the thing in the group chat with the Tennessee Titans. Did we? I don't remember that at all. Anyway, he did we it. Just a group did chat. you send it, Mike? The the North Beach Fantasy group chat we sent the new Titan Stadium and it says oh, Nissan in big letters at the one. top. I I didn't see that. Oh uh, no, I didn't even see it. All right. Okay. So one to know, Mike Dante, you need this to win or to tie. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready. What is the oldest stadium currently still used in the NFL? Oh shit. It's either Lambo or Soldier Field. Oh my God, that's a, such a toss up. My God! Oh my! It's oh, this is gonna suck. I'm gonna go Lambo just because it's the most historic stadium. But I deep down think it's uh, Soldier Field. But so I'm gonna go Lambo. How about Soldier Field is about 30 years older than Lambo? 1924. Yeah, I I Lambo, I believe, is from the 1950s. Mike McDonald, you have beat the D. You never listen, and you finally won. I didn't even know this was a segment. Well, shout out to the rest of the pod community for never making it this far. <laughs> damn that one hurts i knew it was soldier field too i just don't know why the f- ah stupid freaking historic that's, that's the only reason i asked is because everybody always thinks lambo and obviously soldier field's there but it's kind of like a trick question because you want to say you know what i mean i i yeah i should have said i should have said soldier field i knew it in my gut that i couldn't believe it, it. If it was- i couldn't believe it was almost 100 years old i had no idea yeah Listen, I, don't say, it I thought matter. i thought lambo was older you may think that you were a counselor with me, Dante, but at the end of the day, I will always be your counselor. <laughs> Mick, congratulations. Only Jesse has lost to me. Uh, 
And now let's jump into DMAR's lock of the week. And we're going with a pretty out there pick this week. I'm taking the one and only Pittsburgh Steelers plus 11 points versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I know everybody thinks it's going to be a blowout, but the Eagles just don't score in the second half. They get up and then they just run the clock out. And I think the Steelers are going to do enough. Kenny Pickett's going to have a decent enough game. I'm hoping we're five and two. I lost last week. I, I, in my gut, I wanted to go with the Niners against the Chiefs. I wanted to take the Chiefs, but I went against it because I thought it was a homer pick. So I'm going to go this week with the Steelers plus 11 versus the Eagles. Go ahead and take them plus 11. That's bad. And I, I think that wraps up the podcast for this week. Michael, thanks so much for coming on. Congratulations on your win. And can you beat the D? Thank you again for Travis Etienne. He's been a huge help to my team. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks, guys. I'll be in front of Lagoria tomorrow trying to get Christian. 8 a.m. Be there bright and early. Shout out, Ken. Shout out, Mr. Nuts himself. Love it. She came bursting in the room taking photos. Can't wait. Can't wait to have you back, Mike. I appreciate it. See you later. Gentlemen, a pleasure. Ciao. The Intelligent Ones Football Show.